I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to the, the Reading, Reading Aloud, Aloud podcast. podcast. A podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> no! What what what's wrong? I don't want to sing it. You don't want to sing it? Don't we already sing don't we already sing it in the beginning? So wait, we have something to discuss. Um before we I know that you have a question today, but we have something to discuss. Boy, do I have a question for you. I'm excited about it. We have something to discuss. Trouser. No, the Bachelorette. I thought you were gonna talk about the no, Bachelorette. I wanna It's ta- happening next Tuesday. I wanna talk about trouser because this is going to be a whole episode because trouser has been embarrassing us lately she's bad she's a bad girl (laughs) so what are your thoughts on trouser right now you know how sometimes you and i don't like each other very much yeah that's what's happened what and and why is because trouser is being overly aggressive to the other dogs in the neighborhood which trouser has always had a little bit of leash aggression and and yeah, she doesn't she, really like she, other pound dogs. Pup, pound pup she's the greatest dog in the world. The but, world. But and everyone agrees, but she's pound pup with a little bit of sass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like she's I feel like she's coming out in like the WWE setup. Here's the pound pup with a little bit of sass. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah. But uh but she She just, gets a little full of herself. You asked me what I we're think. We're having a pumpkin carving party the other day and you know, trousers with all the humans, like super cute, hanging out. People are we're outside, her. we're everybody's carving their own individual pumpkins. Um, we're keeping our distance, all that kind but of stuff. But we have to also set the stage. Like, we this have, is a new neighborhood. Yeah, this and is a new, new neighborhood. Friends. New friends, new neighborhood. We're we're meeting these neighbors, and some other neighbors walk by with their dogs, and Trouser immediately begins to charge and try to kill them. Um, within her like way that she's not actually attacking, she's just got to like get really close and be like, arr, arr, arr. but like. It was really embarrassing. And then today we had some other new friend neighbors walking by and Trouser would not stop viciously barking on the porch. And she's bad girl. She's bad girl. And she kind of was like, you know, sometimes I, I don't know, babe. I don't know. She just like she's just she's not but doing she's well. she's so cute over there. No. <laughs> what do so you no, no. What do you think about Trouser? And then let's move on. Um, I love her. Even when she's bad. I'm used to her being bad in this arena right now. So I I just. First of all, to clarify. She's also almost 14 years old. And she's. Whoa. No. She just had her 13th birthday. Like (laughs) not that long. You've been pushing this pound pup to her death since the day you met her. You are forever adding years. You know, it's not the same as like a human year. It's it's exponentially more. That's like adding seven years. I'm respecting how old she actually is. Let's wrap this up by saying okay. I need to clarify. Of course, I love her when she's bad. I needed to say that out loud. I just she needed to hear that. I, I just need her to tone it down. Well, she's not. So because she's 
15 years old. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, just kidding. moving on. Moving on. All right. So you have a you have a question. What's your question? Boy, do I have a Boy, question. Boy, do I have a question for, for you. you. Um, I want to talk about your weenie. Oh my god. <laughs> in public Uh, okay maybe i mean like i gotta hear the question first maybe less about your weenie and more about more about the other parts the other part okay we we need to just get it out because people are either definitely tuning tuning out right now we have family members we need we need to figure out a way to have a quick conversation about this yeah okay ask the question and then you'll just answer it one word yes or no i will try my i will try my best will you have a vasectomy now (laughs) (laughs) um sure no i mean I'm okay with one kid, and we have, as you all in the audience know from our IVF podcast, we have another viable embryo that can be implanted in you, and if that doesn't work, I mean, if that's what we decide, then the answer is yes. Like, I haven't thought about it, but yes. I guess, so... I'm not trying to have more than two kids. Right. And we have another one, and I'm fine with one. So, that's the deal. Okay. Okay, now... Oh my God, that was so much less painful than when you were like, I want to talk about your weens. <laughs> I, here's, here's my thinking on this. Yeah. First of all, and there's no rush because I can't get pregnant while I'm pregnant, right? So we might as well just wait and make sure that everything... Yeah, comes... what's the rush? Yeah, what's the rush? Make sure everything comes out okay. Right. And... That's very important. Yeah. As your mom or your dad usually, or who usually asks that after somebody comes out of the bathroom, everything come out okay? Where'd you get that from? That's dad. Uh-huh. That's dad. It's gross. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know, the, the other, so we can wait. You know, we want to make sure everything comes out okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that I was thinking about was if we try the second embryo and it doesn't work, and we just kind of want to see what happens. But for people to understand, my question comes from the fact that I don't necessarily trust what would happen if we got pregnant naturally at this point. And I think that having one healthy baby is wonderful and having another embryo is wonderful. Yeah, and I guess I feel like like the thing that strikes me with this is you know, first off, checking in with myself and just being grounded in how many kids I feel like I want to have the opportunity to have, letting go of expectations there, but then also understanding that it is your body that is getting pregnant and kind of going through this process. Certainly, it is our family that is going to be raising the the kid, and, you know, we feel grateful we have one on the way, and so, like, I've checked in with myself and it really feels like I I feel really grounded and solid in where we are at. And so I think that the question really becomes in, in, you know, like your court, like even if we don't or even if we aren't like actively trying, if I don't get a vasectomy after the pregnancy, it's always a possibility. And there's the, you know, the scenario out there that 
when if you're having infertility issues like we had you know if you have a have do IVF and you get pregnant and you have the baby then a lot of times like or sometimes in some occasions the woman will bam get pregnant right a after that a lot of people say that and whether it's lack of stress I don't have any statistics on it lack or of stress but... or the body just kind of knowing what to do right there is that narrative out there and you know i i guess i just think like how open are we to having that happen and with just one kid i'm still open now if we got pregnant again but then there comes in the question then if we got pregnant naturally again would we want to have then implant the third embryo meaning we would go for three kids so it's that kind of like weird timing issue and i guess i think this conversation is essentially around family planning that's what it's around. It's around family planning. And so can I tell you what my hangups are? What's that? Well, I, and I thought one of them would be your hangup. So I'm clearly projecting here. But one Why of my... did you think I would not want to get a vasectomy? Oh, I'll, right I'll tell you. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. The, I'm going to tell you. It's one of my hangups. One hangup is that there is a part of me that ha- there has been, you know, I've, I've struggled with the fact that I felt like we've kind of controlled the outcomes as of late. Now, again, having a second embryo out there is a kid, a fertilized egg. It's already started dividing, so it's more alive than a kid that hasn't met yet, like a sperm and egg that haven't met yet. So it's more alive than that. So it's like, that's more alive. That's an alive kid, you know, in egg form. And when we have that one, I'd rather use that one than make a new one, another new one. Right. I understand that. Okay, okay, okay. But the hang up is that there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to control every outcome of this. Like, what about miracles? What about something that needs to come through? What about a soul that needs to come through us? Like, what about things that are beyond my wildest imagination that I try not to get in the way of? Like, I try not to get in between God's divine whatever and my will. And it feels like a lot of controlling and I am really good at controlling and I have worked very hard to just do a lot more allowing. And that just feels like, I don't know. It's like, and and it certainly feels premature having this babe only be 15 weeks, right? Like inside of me. So it's like chill, Marisol, like, and, and I know they can probably excavate some sperm from you if they need to even after the vasectomy (laughs) yeah maybe in a different way I don't know I mean I might be making that up but I definitely don't want to limit options and don't want to jump the gun but I am concerned about you know as soon as I become fertile again there being in in a pregnancy my other hang-up is that I thought that you would think that you hadn't, like, made a baby. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you hadn't yeah. just, like, made one. Like, right. all the stuff that we talked about in previous fertility podcasts and our whole fertility series, a lot of times you spoke to the fact that this was a huge self hit to your self-esteem, even though at the end of the day, I think we probably learned that it was my eggs that were maybe more of the dilemma in the mix but you know that you've had all those feelings and now it's like you never just made one on accident or not on accident you know because I know people try but like it never just happened does that even enter your consciousness or ego 
Yeah, and here, I it, this comes to me, and I will answer that. It comes to me in terms of kind of a decision in, in, in how we make these decisions. Because I think the bigger question here is around being able to, when you're in a position where you can make decisions that are, are very much controlling of the future of your life in, in a kind of like a, a manipulating destiny kind of way. And I think that's really intriguing. And how much do you trust and leave that up to God? And how much do you, um, you know, really work to control it? And I, I think that the key here, and, I, and I'll get to your, your hang up about me, but for me, the key is like, the, the fact that we're having this conversation and asking the questions, the, your path, your path that you're walking it, it becomes clear in the moment. You know when the answer's right, and I think that that is also magic, knowing the right answer. And you know the right answer through discerning and intention and being able to really think about it and being open to all options and possibilities. And so whether or not we make a decision to implant the second embryo even after we got pregnant naturally and end up having three kids or to me to have a vasectomy right after this one and then just see what the second, you know, like whatever the scenario happens to be, I think that whatever we decide will be magic and divinely influenced. So it's not, not a, that becomes not a question. And here's what I mean by that is that I think if you asked me earlier on in our infertility, or earlier on in our IVF journey, that that hang-up that you had about me wanting to feel and intuitively feel like I produced or created um, um, a kid, or that we, as a couple, created a kid um, in a natural way, not through IVF, I might have had a very different answer. In fact, I think I might, I would have. I would have had a very different answer. I would have said, "Yeah, that's really important to me because it was. It was really, um, it was really impactful for me. It felt like I wasn't fulfilling myself as as a, a, a man in this relationship as I perceive myself." And so, like that was very different. But now that you're pregnant, and it's our baby, it's 15 weeks long. That doesn't matter to me. Don't you feel like IVF isn't even part of it anymore? Like it's just a real baby in a real pregnancy. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I, that's. It's not like that's a robo kind of what, baby. Yeah, that's in part there. of what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, it's not. It's. Oh wait, you think it's a robo? No, no, it yeah, doesn't. Okay. Feel yeah. Like robo. No, not at all. It's naturally and people told us that but like you don't really believe it during the time you don't believe it when you're sitting in a lab and you know you're taking all these shots but then now that you're pregnant it's just not something that crosses my mind just a regular baby yeah it's it just is and I think the fact that we're having these discussions and conversations is just really like that is exactly where we need to be at right now is talking but about you it. made a good point like what if we do the vasectomy after this pregnancy because we don't want to become naturally pregnant in the year or two that we're waiting to maybe do the second one you know and then the second one doesn't work but we sort of had our heart set on it you know I mean once you decide to implant it you're there's a big a large part of you that's accepting the reality of what it would look like to and grow there's a large family. percentage that it couldn't work Oh, right, 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 right. right. No, no, no. That's the, that is the other point. But that, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it's like we were all set to just have one kid and then all of a sudden we have now 
you know, we don't have the seven that we thought. So it's not like making a decision to have seven kids or none kids or whatever. You know, I feel like with seven options, we could have just stopped at one. But like with just two options, it's like, I don't know, maybe that second one just feels more like it belongs here. But, you know, going in and doing all the shots and preparing to accept a second embryo at some point, you know, is a mindset. Like we are willing, able to grow our family. It might mean like moving or something like that. You know, it's like making more decisions than just a baby even. And yet I see what you're saying. And like then we if we make a decision yeah. to implant the second one, our mindset is already around having more than one kid. And if I've already had a vasectomy and it doesn't work, then we are out of options to have. I mean, I, I know well, that not it can out be of, reversed, right, but not like, out of options. But that's the thing is that that then to go back to the drawing board and say, well, let's just take the chance naturally, which I still think is interesting. And I'm not sure I would ever do it because I am really concerned. I mean, as a reminder to folks, we had seven, seven embryos that got to blastocyst form. Three were discarded before we even heard about it because they were not compatible with life. Two are genetically abnormal. Two are genetically normal. You know, the, you know, if they had if we hadn't done the genetic testing and they had just put one in, you know, five of the seven would have either miscarried or, been born with severe genetic abnormalities that's that that and I know that was one round of IVF and maybe if we did it again we'd have a totally different outcome they'd all be healthy right right it's a small sample size yeah but I just feel like that is an interesting those are interesting statistics and not ones that I'm that keen so then so then I'm like having these certain friends of mine who are very science-based in my head going Control it. You can control it because we have science. Take advantage of it. Science is a gift from the universe too, just as much as anything else. You know, it comes from the imagination of humans. It's a gift. So take advantage of it. You can. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest hangup was wondering if it would bother you about have a vasectomy before you ever like just happened. No, this is not a hangup for me. But like, I hear what you're saying about. I just. I don't know. It's it's playing out scenarios. Um, and we, we posted this on a previous podcast. We're like playing out scenarios here. And I just can't get past like the answer will, will come to us when it is time to come to us of, of what path forward. All right. You know, I, I really believe that. And mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't mean that I'm not down with talking about it. And I'm, and I'm intrigued at having this conversation. And I've actually like I think that this has opened up a lot of just you know my own kind of understanding about what the possibilities are and I thank you for having the conversation but like you know I don't I don't know how I'm gonna feel well, a lot of the after this baby's born a lot of the times when I bring up things prematurely like this like we don't need to make the decision about the vasectomy for many 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 many, many months like almost a year from now right right like really something I, like that really yeah. till I'm gonna you know maybe get my period and um is to plant i'm never looking for the answer i'm always planting a seed right and Mm -hmm. also i'm if i do want an answer you have to know that i always understand that we are all always allowed to change our mind based on circumstances right right so moving so closing that it's just my like people pleasing thing that wants to you know, when you ask a question, I have a deep desire to actually find an answer for it. So, you know, 
it's my own work to like be able to embrace that what you just said because it's it's I'm always kind of coming from this place of oh you're asking a question I we have to find an answer because there's like a there's a there's a people pleasing aspect to that for me yeah mm-hmm so go ahead. You were saying. Well, I was going to say thank you for this conversation. Yeah. I want to close out by asking you a question about Trouser. Yeah. What's up? Well, I'm like, she's sitting right next to me and I'm refusing to pet her and I'm realizing how terrible that is. She acts bad. And so I don't give her love and affection. I mean, that that it, it struck me in this moment. And, um, you know, I'm trying to think of anybody else who might do that. This like idea that I you thought would... you were going to say you were realizing that we already had two kids with trouser. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we die before she does. <laughs> okay. Does that does that count? Yeah, she'll Aww. totally live forever. Ever. Anyway, keep going. I Ever. interrupted you. I'm sorry. Well, you know, that's a pattern in in certain parts of my family. It's like if you do something wrong or bad or hurt somebody's feelings, then they no longer, you know, they don't talk to you. They don't, you know, you lose affection. And I, I definitely do not want to bring that into this child's life. Amen to that. So how do you, So, but how do you navigate it when they're in trouble? Like without punishing them through... Um, you know, shaming them or, or withdrawing affection. Cause you're, uh, you have, you get, you have the right to be frustrated and upset. And that well, does it's probably a little different with change. a dog than it is in a, with a child or a human relationship. I know, but I still am asking like you, yeah. do, you know, that you, you, well, do, I guess I'm saying my demeanor, answer with trouser is going to be different than but it your would be demeanor for... changes when, when something has disappointed you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you my have to be, fear. you have to be honest with trouser. You have to tell her how you feel. Um, you have to be vulnerable to voice that need. You have to voice your need. You have to voice your emotion. But you do it in a way that's oriented towards love, grounded in honesty and solution. You know, you, you don't want to be upset with her. That's the place that you're coming from. You're coming from a place of, yes, you're upset, but you don't want to always be or continue to be upset with her. But it, but to get there, you need to share where you are at. But, you know, the, the, the way of sharing is done in a way that is grounded in love. So, you know, I think you, you let her know very clearly and then, you know, you... I think you're right. You I see, think you you're see, right. You see how I, she no. reacts. I, I can appreciate that I am not going to do that the same way because if I could reason with Trouser. Right. Or at least even share. But you can't reason with the kid for a long time. No. No. Hmm. No. Just patience. You just love them always and also sometimes... And, you know, reinforce, positively reinforce good behavior. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Forget about positive reinforce. I mean, I cannot believe how hard that is for me. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Encourage what they're good at, what they do well. I mean, Lord, I don't know, though, babe. I know nothing about this. And you know what? The more, the closer we get to actually having a kid, the more and more I realize every day that I know nothing and you, you know what I also know? That's probably exactly where I need to be at right now. So, mm. And I wouldn't rather be on this journey with anyone else other than you. Oh, my gosh. Stop. What's the one thing you don't know how to do? Like maybe tangible thing. Um, 
answer questions about my weens in a public setting? <laughs> no, I meant like with a baby. Oh, oh. <laughs> like clip their nails. Oh, clip or... their nails. Oh, like the one tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> um, I guess the one tangible thing would be like. Do you know how to change a diaper? I know how to change. I've changed diapers before, for sure. I um I think each kid is so unique in how they prefer to be held and go to sleep, and I'm not really good at holding babies in a way that you know like rocks them to sleep. Um, I'm good at playing with them, playing with them, but but the 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 you know the art of like holding you know it's like the forearm or the over the shoulder or mm. the you know the flip one way or the other i kind of default to this way in which my father holds babies which is you know they're back against your chest they're looking outwards and you're kind of cradling them in front of you um but that's not really a sleeping that's a sweet image it's just it's just it's yeah thank you but it's not really a sleeping thing so i really am gonna be thrown to the wolves on Kind of how to rock them to sleep. Mm-hmm. Pray to the Lord we have a good sleeper. Okay. Thanks, babe, for the conversation. Thank you for that great question. Love you. Love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.